Uh, this is Matt. Matt, this is Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Um, Anthony is uh, trying to figure out his tech things. Um, we do this show every week. And yet, every time it feels like a miracle has occurred, <laughs> we actually get it to go. So, <laughs> good evening, meat suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're an okay podcast about uh, mostly about movies. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. I'm the one uh, who doesn't know much about movies. I'm in a sweltering, hellish, post-apocalyptic wasteland, uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, you can, uh, just in a dark room with all of the fans on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone if you want to hear more great weather complaints. <laughs> and uh, I have a, an amazing panel assembled today. Uh, first up, uh, he's the uh, the one who knows more things about movies. Uh, also in the firestorm uh, nightmare that is Portland, uh, it's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. The future, Alex. The future. That That's line, all I got. That line is like, uh, like we're going to spend most of our time is like a pretty good line. And Wikipedia wasted no time saying that it is an old joke. Uh, it's ripped <laughs> off from many, many things. Well, here, here's the good thing about, I was thinking about this, uh, this movie and this episode of the podcast. And what I didn't realize what we could do is if this episode doesn't turn out very good, we can take a bunch of B-roll from other podcasts and just narrate <laughs> on top of it. I did a great interview be with Bella Lugosi that I can just throw yeah. in the middle. Yes. I think so. we really got to like think like, what, why are we putting in all this effort? We can phone it in way harder than this. Because uh, this movie's going to be f- around forever, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, also joining us, uh, by the way, Anthony's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. Also joining us, uh, she's at Amandable on Twitter. Uh, it's been a, been a minute. Happy to get back on the show. Uh, please yeah. welcome back, Amanda Linebaugh. Uh, well, I don't like this, but there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing. Uh, one of you has got to call me... My absolute favorite line. <laughs> Uh, I think my favorite line is when they just yell, stupid, stupid, you're stupid. <laughs> that was pretty great, too. That was There's fun. not enough movies where people yell stupid at each other. Uh, also joining us, uh, not much of an internet. Oh, uh, Amanda's on the East Coast. I don't know if that matters to you guys, Boston. Um, also joining us uh, from the East Coast, where it is not quite as, as bullshitty as it is on the West Coast right now. Um, in, in Brooklyn, New York, not on the internet very often, it's Matt Carmen. My friends. My friends, I know Anthony already said it, but he yeah. says it a lot. So, <laughs> my friends, it's so good to talk to you. It, it's weird and uh, presumptuous of that guy with the weird hair to think that we are friends. <laughs> I we've we've at that point we've been together for all of thirty seconds, so we may as well be friends. You yeah. just well, got here, and I'm not super friendly. To be fair, we are walking into his television studio. You know, like, that's on us. That's true. At a certain point, it's assumed, like, what are we doing there, you know? I don't know, but, like, okay, what what kind of friends does he mean? Does he mean, like, uh, like you can call me if you get a flat tire friends? Or, like, Facebook friends? Or, like, Fox and friends? Like, what level? No. <laughs> I, I yeah, think wh- what level of, of friend is the, I will explain, confusing aliens to you? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's more of a... The suckers born every minute type of friend, uh, you know, like uh, we're more of a mark, you know, yeah. friend in the the royal. I'm gonna try to get your money from you type of friend, I you mean, know. 
I don't know if that's but, the right use of royal. What, uh, yeah. you mean like, like how the king steals my shit? Exactly, Alex. <laughs> uh, so this episode... Yeah, that's a thing. Number 450 of the podcast. Uh, we have now done as many episodes as the number of feet that a Turkish woman dropped her iPhone uh, last <laughs> week, and it landed with only a minor scratch. And you can watch the video from the phone's perspective. <laughs> it's pretty good. If you haven't seen this yet, uh, awesome. she was on the world's highest swing, which is in Orlando, Florida, 450 feet up, taking a selfie video, drops the phone, and uh, not only does the phone survive, the video kept rolling, so you get to take the dizzying fall from the perspective of an iPhone. And then legitimately, there's just a scratch on the phone. 450 feet. It's very impressive. That's what I love about technology. You used to have to commit suicide to get that experience. <laughs> and now you can get it just over the know. internet. I, I hope know. that guy who, uh, who wrote a balloon like basically into space and then made a video oh, all yeah, the way yeah. down the was watching. I was like, I just had to go off a swing. <laughs> we just have swings like that? Oh, man, I bet he, uh, that was an uncomfortable memory for him, I bet. When he saw that, he was like, ah, I'm back. He, I, I don't know, if, uh, that's weird to say, I guess. He hated it. I don't know if you read that. He was just like, it was like one of the worst things he ever, it was like happy that he accomplished it, but it was like not one moment if that was fun. And it looks like you should be yelling I mean, we the whole the time. I he made the choice to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. That's on him. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I feel too bad. Um, Felix Baumgartner? Yep, that's name. his name. Oh, I yeah. know things. Yeah. Uh... Uh, my first ever like successful internet video, my first ever YouTube uh, video that went went around was I took that clip and I redubbed the audio of just his like what I think he must have been saying into his helmet. It was mostly him yelling "we" as he fell like "we." Um, anyway, that was kind of fun. If that isn't a perfect metaphor for what we do here, people do all this incredible work. To drop a man out of space. And the, and I like, just add the barest minimum of original yeah. content on top of that and then put it out into the world and take yeah. credit. <laughs> I, that, that video got 15,000 views, and I, wanna, I assume that of those 14,000 plus were trying to watch the real video and accidentally saw mine, which is also a metaphor for this show. Um, so, uh, why, uh, what are we... Oh, yeah, speaking of... Uh, oops. Uh, this week we're talking about the 1959 film... Plan 9 from Outer Space, written, produced, and edited by Ed Wood. Uh, why are we doing this? So one, it's one of the films commonly considered to be the worst of all time, of which we are collectors. We've seen a large number of them, but somehow missed this, which is like one of the early famous bad movies. And the other reason is this is a semi-sponsorship. So as you guys may remember, the last two weeks we were talking about World Wars, uh, and that's because Alexis... Uh, bought a super sponsorship and we gave him like sort of a buy two get one free kind of deal um, and he thought we'd enjoy this as well uh, because it's weird and we hadn't watched it yet and also somewhat thematically related as there are also zombies here so uh, this is our uh, port, zombie port. vampires <laughs> yeah unclear very unclear uh, but it's still all, I mean, and also the movie has like some real flaws so it makes a perfect part to be uh, a part of poor decisions month so and the summer of sponsorships <laughs> so uh, thank you Alexis I hope you enjoyed this one I still haven't heard back if he's mad at me for liking the World War Z movie but um, that's probably not a good sign right you know what they say it's like no no news means that everyone hates you <laughs> That's exactly how that goes. I think yeah. that's what that saying is. Um, 
if you want to force us to watch a topic, we just closed a new round of sponsorships, but you can help vote on upcoming themed months by becoming a meat buddy. Buddies. Okay, so you guys, are you excited to talk about uh, Plan 9? Honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, well, we're going to have to. It's part of the, it's the rule. It's the That's fine. Rule. It's contractual. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so, uh, but I'm going to give you guys a kind of like a a half-assed summary and then if you just jump in make corrections make sure we talk about whatever parts you need to get to i want you to put in as much effort as you imagine ed wood did every day of production <laughs> on perfect this movie. that's the you right know, way really, to think about it yeah yeah oh man you know think of so really think about the corners you could cut in <laughs> during the production the summary For think what it's about worth, uh, yeah. this whole podcast is built out of plywood and shakes when you walk past it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually. That's a fair question, though. Uh, to me, is like, is this a person who's capable of more cutting corners, or is because I know nothing about Ed Wood. Is that is it that, or is this a person? Um, so, uh, what was that other? What was that? The guy from the Vegas real estate guy. We watched that movie, uh, Fateful Findings. Oh, Neil Breen. Yeah, Neil Breen. Yeah. Is this more of a Neil Breen where it's like a person who's like actually kind of punching above his weight? Uh, it's just still not good. I, I think the the legend behind it is that it's more of a Neil Breen thing. Like this was him trying. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what came out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how apocryphal that is, but Anthony, can you can confirm or deny that? I mean, he definitely is. You know, like uh, someone who took, was like very proud of the fact that he was able to make movies for so cheap in a time in which like mm-hmm. people weren't gonna give into his weird visions. You know. Um, also, you know, he was such a weird, complicated guy that put a lot of his, uh, his personality into his movies, you know, like, he was a, uh, a, uh, like a cross-dresser, and that was, well, he was, oh. like, a cross-dressing was a big part of his life, and that made its way into a lot of his earlier films. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, like, that, that's a big part of the movie, Ed, well, I mean, it's very hard for me to divorce Johnny Depp's, like, cartoon performance in Ed Wood from, like what the man is actually like. Huh. Um, mm. But yeah, I've always just imagined him as the type of dude who was very earnest in, like, wanting to make movies that would, you know, for cheap, that would make a quick buck and allow him to keep making other things, but not like an Otis, not someone who was, like, okay, yeah. super talented. You know, he, he made weird schlock when that was way more acceptable, you know? I, I just was really bad at it. We've talked about enough about uh, we've talked a lot about having different um, about the, like watching different terrible movies and like what makes things uh, work and what doesn't. Um, and earnestness is crucial. And another one that I really like is a evil profit motive, or not like not a, a cynical profit motive, like somebody who is like cutting corners or like uh, is someone's being sued or just I like a good money problem uh, that yeah. forces you to not do as well as you can. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's just talk about the. Okay, let's go through the summary. Let's talk about what happens in Plan Nine from Outer Space, originally titled "Grave Robbers from Outer Space," but the name was Which changed. Which is what's more of what the movie is. I mean, I guess they're not really grave robbers. Yeah, I've never thought it's... of the, like when you rob the grave. I assume you left the body, and this or is... you rob the like you take or, the body, or, you rob something. Yeah. Well, that's what I guess. No, more... I, I thought you took the stuff. I thought you were like. There's a mummy, and then there's all this gold that he was buried with so he could get across the Nile. Not the Nile. Uh, what's the... Anyway. Um, 
you know what I mean. Uh, across the, re- <laughs> yeah. the river Styx. It used to be a thing, so. What? So, so, say that again? Stealing corpses did used to be a thing so that you could, you know, perform, uh, you know, practice your surgical techniques and stuff like that. For mm. med schools? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's fucked it up. Was, it was all like, let's not directly talk about where we got these bodies from, but... Oh, man. They weren't all people <laughs> or... who were, like, donating them to science? No, no. That's the whole um, Burke and Hare thing. They started out robbing graves, and then we're like, there's not enough dead people. we got to make our own. Great comedy what? duo, Burke and Hare. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard of this uh, this yeah. pairing, but I sounds hilarious. I mean, technically, <laughs> if you if you wanted to see like a modern day version of it, you can pay a lot of money to go see Body Works, uh, that great touring <laughs> show. If you want to see a bunch That's of stolen different, bodies, Anthony, as well. those are political prisoners. It's totally <laughs> yeah, look, different. Just because you steal a body before it goes in the grave, I guess it does make you n- not a grave robber. That's yeah, if it never hit like, the yeah. grave, yeah, yeah. It's never touched a grave. All right, it's so more of a uh, like. A, Morgue robber, I guess. Yeah, morgue robber, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, we open on uh, Griswell, a TV psychic we've discussed already a little bit, um, uh, letting us know that events in the future will take place in the future. Uh, and then the movie starts proper. Uh, somewhere near Hollywood, California, where it's easiest to film stuff, an old mm-hmm. man <laughs> is at a poorly attended funeral for his wife. Um, it was like four, it was kind of sad. There were like four people and two grave diggers. It's like not a great turnout. Um, but the uh, the gravediggers, uh, after the uh, normal people have left, the gravediggers hear a sound and then are murdered by zombies. Uh, and presumably- can, we, can we talk a little bit about those gravediggers? They were my yes. favorite characters. Oh, actually, <laughs> let's hang on to that because that'll fit it really well uh, with our uh, a game that we're going to play later. Okay, great. Uh, but uh, so what I like in that moment, though, is that if you're a gravedigger and you're killed by zombies, your last word has to be or last words have to be like, I should have seen this coming. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect way for you to go. It's all part of the job. Well, yeah. well also not getting getting killed by like the most most of the time zombies, especially after watching these the World War Z last month. You see, like most of the time, zombies put in a little bit more effort than they do in this movie. Yeah. Like the zombies in this movie, like Vampira and Bela Lugosi and the other one, they're very much like. We're going to walk, even by zombie speeds, very slowly towards you. <laughs> We're really more about the presentation. We want you just to look at our scary faces. They do some, and, like, uh, uh, neck chopping. Uh, especially that's true. The cop zombie does, like, a double neck chop, which is, like, pretty cool move for a zombie. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so they get murdered by the zombies, and then uh, the old guy apparently... Did not enjoy um, post-funeral life, so he walks into traffic. Um, and then he also played by Bella Lugosi in yes. his last film role. Yes, this is his last film yes, role. Yeah. Ac- although to say that makes it sound like he chose to be in this movie, which is a little unfair to him. <laughs> um, this is the last thing that his footage was spliced into. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so and yeah, he just walks into traffic and then becomes a zombie. Also, um, and cops show up to investigate the dead grave robbers. Uh, when the biggest cop of all time <laughs> is killed by a zombie, and uh, like so many of us, he becomes what he feared most, also a zombie. Um, <laughs> well, and, th- and also we got to talk about all the people who left uh, Bella Lugosi's funeral from the smallest mausoleum. 
ever yes. made. <laughs> uh, it was a clown car mausoleum. It yeah, was. This, <laughs> yeah, all the gravestones were strangely tiny as well. They were so small, and also there's like one grave, like it's like three graves, one set, and every time they run, like the graveyard, there's all these shots in the graveyard, and they're always just the same three t- stones running. You know, and, yeah, It's <laughs> from the same yeah, angle. Very yeah. funny. Also, the world six feet beyond the graveyard doesn't exist. It's just <laughs> solid blackness. It's just... <laughs> yeah, this is also... yeah. Inter- one of the things that's important about this film is that it is the darkest nights that have ever mm-hmm. happened. It's a series of nights where like people are standing in a city saying, yeah. like, I can't see a, a foot in front of me. It's so dark all the time. It's kind of amazing, actually. You probably get really good yeah, stars. Um- Imagine if you shot a middle school play on like a sixteen millimeter camera. That's the effect. Yeah, this film has for sure. Um, so uh, that guy gets turned into a zombie. Uh, oh, meanwhile, in the sky, two guys holding paper plates, pretending to be driving a plane. <laughs> One guy holding paper plates. One guy. The other guy. Not doing anything. Literally, he's not even yeah. touching the set. He never touches the paper plate. Also. Um, uh, fun fact, you can see the script in the lap of one of the pilots. Um, oh, wow. Uh, which is only sort of their fault. It's like, apparently you couldn't see it in the original theatrical release, but when they like they widened the shot for other formats later, and uh, you could just see the script hanging off his lap, which is uh, pretty funny. Uh, yeah, anyways. I mean, it was in Edward's, uh, his special edition of this movie. You know, he always wanted the script to <laughs> be was, in this shot. This was but the he true make auteur vision. Yeah. <laughs> He finally got he, to. He had, he had them widen the frame, and ILM go back and digitally re-add the script. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like kind of pilots or whatever, and they see a flying saucer outside, um, and uh, their plan is to immediately lie to the passengers about it. I guess they're pretty like like they they're surprised, but like also pretty quick to be like. Well, no, most of the saucer. passengers are sleeping. To be fair, yeah, yeah, pretty late true. flight, so that you can true. assume they're not going to see anything. You say surprised, but to me it just seemed like uh, annoyed mm-hmm. interest. Yes, they were not. <laughs> yeah, annoyed interest is a good like, way to oh, say it. Those again. Oh, great. Mm. I see a flying saucer. <laughs> good old um, Hollywood, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, and, uh, well, speaking of Hollywood, so one of those pilots has this beautiful house in the cemetery, and <laughs> he also has a chin divot the size of an outdoor pool. So, mm. <laughs> uh, really interesting life that guy has. And so he comes back from piloting and is like, hey, wife, saw an alien, but I can't tell anyone because the government doesn't want me to. Uh, also, I'm going to leave. Try not to get murdered by any zombies. And she's like, sure. But then forgets to lock the door and zombies come in. But they're so slow that she's fine. Also, okay, here's the <laughs> thing about the zombies. Three zombies. Uh, uh, number one zombie is Vampira from television. Just straight up vampire looking lady. Number two is a guy pretending to be Bella Lugosi mm-hmm. uh, by covering his face <laughs> the whole time like a vampire, also weird. And then number three zombie is the cop turned into a zombie who is like legitimately one of the great crazy looking zombies I've ever seen. Like one of my favorite looking. He is so crazy that looking. facial expression yeah. he kept making was yeah. pretty golden. Yeah. Tor Johnson, the Swedish angel. 
Yeah. Uh, him, what him else is what else? up out of the grave with like that really great underlighting is actually mm-hmm. a great shot. It's such like, a beautiful shot. shot. Yeah, and and he has white contact, so he looks like legitimately creepy. And he has apparently he has big scars on his forehead that kind of like move around from shot to shot. But still, he looks <laughs> he looks legit cool, uh, especially compared to these weird vampires who are just in the wrong movie. It's one literally, mm-hmm. and the other one for some reason I don't understand. Um, uh, so there's some zombies. Oh, uh, meanwhile, higher in the air, uh, almost <laughs> in space, um, uh, there are some aliens, and uh, the aliens are just people wearing tights. And they yeah. well, one of them's wearing a costume from the Renaissance Fair he's, that they he's found. Wearing a legit <laughs> Renaissance, it's weird. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in the future, it is the past. Just wear it yeah. backwards. It would look like a cool space thing. But having the like <laughs> forge hammer. Anyway, apparently there are people on other planets that are just smarter than us, but like kind of dicks. They look not a lot of not a lot of emotional intelligence. Um. Uh. But yeah, they're just people, and they uh, they're the aliens, and they're like, oh, here's our big plan. We need to get rid of Earth because they have the nuke. Uh, they have the 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 bomb, and they're gonna nuke us all. And so we've tried plans one through eight, and now it's on to plan nine, which is raise the dead to overthrow the living. <laughs> they got there so quickly. Yeah, it almost seems like they wanted to get there. Like, I <laughs> I have no idea what the first eight plans were, but the fact that none of them worked, they were like, fuck, we're out of ideas. Let's kill people and turn them into zombies. And they just wanted the government to, like, acknowledge that they exist. Yeah. It's like, like, why a- didn't they just land in Times Square? <laughs> like, there were more efficient ways. Uh, like, yeah, good question. Uh, it's like, actually hard to, to get talk- noticed in Times Square. I mean, I'm, I've been, That's a good point. I've yeah, there's been trying to get cowboy. noticed by a scout. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, like a, an alien lands and immediately someone tries to get him 12 free tickets to a comedy show. Yeah, I mean, how, how are we going to compete with, like, these three Elmos hanging out down here? We can't. Yeah, yeah here's a dollar. Let me take a picture with you, alien overlord. But yeah, it's not. Man. It's not even because we have the bomb, right? It's because that one day, because we have the bomb, eventually we're gonna create a better bomb. Yes, a new a sun bomb. Yes, and that will kill everyone. And yeah, so we like we're yeah. It turns out the atomic bomb and then the hydrogen bomb are steps one and two of a three-step process. Yeah. The third one being we can make sunlight explode and <laughs> kill everybody. So they're like looking out for they're looking out for themselves. It's very actually it's actually kind of a reasonable plan if you're the alien, except that they send two goofuses uh, to run this thing, who immediately get to pl- three goofuses that immediately run out of plans one through eight, and then they're onto the zombie bullshit. Um, maybe, maybe you know what else, Matt? Maybe Times Square Plan Six. Maybe they like tried that already; it didn't work. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every could you imagine if everywhere you went, the government threw small firecrackers at you because that's the only thing it looked like. Like, anywhere you went, imagine like you've had someone throw a firecracker at you and you're like, ow, stop it, don't do yeah. that. Imagine that's what happened with their giant spaceships. He's got little spokes thrown at them. That's that, gotta I forgot be a how bummer. crazy that scene was. They're like, oh, there are aliens cut to uh, military. Just they like, hey, that looks like a spaceship. Shoot it. Yeah. And they just start launching thousands of rockets that do not affect it 
at yeah. the uh, flying saucer, which was very aggressive. But it turns out it was it was because we tried to talk to them for a while and get, like we were on Plan Nine also at that point. <laughs> uh, so the government finally decides like we have to stop these aliens from killing us. So they throw everything that we have as a as a species. Humans throw just our whole thing at them. We send one military person, one uh, police officer, uh, one pilot, and and uh, two guns. And then uh, they just they're like just go do it hand to hand. Stop with this big communication thing. So that these three dudes. Wander onto a spaceship, confront the aliens with guns. The aliens spend twenty five minutes explaining all the stuff we just talked about about the sun bomb, and, and they then, are not hearing any of it. <laughs> These humans, <laughs> yeah. This this pilot does not seem to give a shit. <laughs> but if you call him stupid, he'll fight. So uh, I've, just, I've never seen that before in my life. Just like. A indignant protagonist, someone who's not—he's not like proactive. He's just like, "This is bullshit." I'm gonna punch you in the face. Just like, don't like you. This like, is that's first alien contact, yeah. and we're eight minutes in, and he's like, "You know what? I think this alien's a dick." Yeah, and then starts swinging fists. All uh, the flavors, and you choose salt, buddy. What are you doing? Come on, you're meeting aliens. <laughs> Yeah, an alien calls Show him stupid up. to his face, and this pilot, yeah. who is not stupid, uh, really gets mad. So they start throwing some punches, and at some point during the punching, they accidentally set the spaceship on fire, and then oh my god, they leave the flaming spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> it, this that spaceship, was the greatest thing. It was fragile. It's it's made out of fireworks and balsa wood. This spaceship. It. <laughs> It goes down real fast. Uh, and so and like kerosene? Yeah. The aliens punch their way out of the spaceship and just like, it's like, well, we we solved that. And now I guess we'll get back to work on our solar bomb. And then Griswold the Psychic comes back and tells us that wasn't just a story. That was real life. Dun, dun, wow, dun. you guys. And we're all going to die from that solar bomb one day. Yeah, I mean, so that's it, fun. It feels like it's happening right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all those solar atoms. Yeah, like that. That just got way too. What the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. You don't need to explain the solar bomb that much. <laughs> that wasn't the thing that we uh, were trying. To, we were skeptical yeah. about at this point. Uh, we were skeptical about how uh, the the bottom of the spaceship was clearly just a wooden box. That was an issue for me, not how could solar bombs work. Anyway, that's But you moment. know what? You know what? Fine message taken. We won't develop a solar bomb. Okay. I Okay. I have personally stopped working on it. Uh, yeah. I've done what I can. Uh, that's your problem though. If we stop working on it, you think the Russians are going to stop working on it? We have to keep uh, working on it, you know. Let's be go. real. If we're working on it, it's cuz the Russians are directing us. <laughs> yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, they know. Um, that's a sad joke. Uh, let's, uh, that's the movie. Let's say something nice about it now. This is our challenge. And, uh, just like the rest of our episodes this summer, we are, uh, cutting this sandwich in half to make it nice and spry. Uh, so this is a compliment tostada, uh, instead of a sandwich. So Anthony, I'm gonna make you go first. What is your first, uh, your major compliment for Plan 9 from Outer Space? Uh, there's a lot to, I, I want to compliment, th- I could compliment this movie on. Um, you know, there's like, uh, 
there's like this this movie uh i've always known about it but i have never seen it before i've seen clips of it and like watching it it's like you know when you see something that is parodied so much and you see the original of it you're like oh wow this is where all those tropes came from as well totally. all these things like this that's movie how i felt when i watched that. casablanca it was like yeah it feels like i've actually mm. seen this movie because i've heard so many references to yeah, it this is that for bad movies like every yeah. trope <laughs> you do if you're doing a parody of bad movies they did that earnestly on this movie and i really <laughs> like that yeah uh, but my favorite thing the thing i got the most delight from watching this movie is uh i've talked about it before one of my favorite like i love like little pet peeves in movies those things that like once you think about them you can't ever not see them totally and one of my favorite is like trigger discipline i love like uh when people don't know how to hold a gun in real life yeah Yeah. there is a a cop in this movie he is the worst at holding a gun (laughs) who just is pointing around like a lunatic to the two other cop buddy he's scratching his head with it he's he tilts up his hat at one point he points he goes johnson take levi over here and he he points the gun at one person's chest and then points it at the other person's chest. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, it was horrifying. I was just sitting there, like, oh my god, you're gonna shoot somebody. Uh, <laughs> well, but okay, that so, was so such two a thoughts delight. that I have from that. One is, I have always wanted to push the brim of my hat back with a gun. I'm not like a gun person, but that seems like a cool thing to do. And Alex, if you ever do it, that's fine. Don't put your finger in the trigger when you well, do. If you want to do it without that, sure. and if it's unloaded with the safety on, go crazy. Tip all the hats back, <laughs> but just be responsible with it. Okay, well that brings yeah. me to my second thought, which is, uh, you know, they say like don't point a gun ever at something unless you are willing to destroy it, right? So maybe yeah. that guy just really hates himself and everyone else <laughs> maybe he was like i'm f- whatever happens it's in god's hands i don't care like it was <laughs> like it was something edward pulled the actor aside and it was like your gun is your extension of your hate for the world you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i want you to just everything is something you want to shoot <laughs> And it was just something he just said. Yeah, it was like a Fincher thing. It was eighty takes in terms of like you yeah, want yeah, to no, point not, no, everything. No. In this push life. your hat back with it. I really yeah. want to show that you don't care about life. You hate your hat. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't afford the film stock for eighty takes. Yeah, it's not 80 <laughs> takes. Yeah, I don't feel like that's happening. At one point, uh, my wife walked into the room and she was like, "Wait, what year was this from?" And I said, "Nineteen fifty-nine." And she was like, "Weren't we better at this by then?" <laughs> Uh, Matt, what is That's your? Uh, yeah, she she your was like counting back from Chinatown. She's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, what's your major compliment uh, for? Uh, so uh, I feel like the cheaper the movie, the more likely you are to see a set consisting of just like four walls and a couch and like a painting on the wall. But yeah. what I liked ab- about Plan Nine is uh, the set we see the most is like that backyard. Which is yes. clearly like on a studio lot, or obviously didn't have a studio on a lot, on an abandoned lot somewhere. Um, but I just like that they spent so much time outdoors in the movie. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I live in Brooklyn. We don't have a lot of outdoor space. Um, West Coast, West Coast. I get really jealous when you walk by a house with a porch and no one's on it. It's like, come on, you got to be outside using that porch. Well, they use their backyard. They do an incredible amount in this movie, and I really appreciated that realism. 
I mean, I, when I, you have that graveyard view, how can you not appreciate yeah. it? You know? Yeah, they had all that empty space full of uh, just planted people, and they no, just uh, all those mourning families leaving really makes it feel alive. You know, it really makes you appreciate your mourning, Joe. I uh, uh, oh, that good use of two mornings in that. Um, I uh, I loved. I mean, all the sets were so funny. Uh, I think the alien spacecraft set was my favorite, where it was just like a, a blank room with one like folding Costco table with some a radio equipment on it, and that was it. I, and there was like I was, did appreciate like, that they bothered to get electronic equipment instead of just like making it out of cardboard. Like it was clearly like discarded something like oscilloscopes or something yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like a theremin maybe <laughs> yeah, just a, bu- a bunch of 1950s tech garbage that they piled up yeah. it was better that, than looking the, uh, at the, the oh, turn the go. zombies on and off dials <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well they also i like looking at uh uh i thought the most depressing set was bella lugosi's like actual house that he kind of ended up in that yeah, like in that very I was like oh scene. that's he should have had a better house in the end was the <laughs> Bella Lugosi he's a Hollywood legend yeah it's so sad uh, my major compliment is uh, uh, the confidence of the Earthmen uh, I've just been I've been thinking a lot about confidence recently like how I used to be like a very confident teenager and now I'm like uh, I I can't talk to people like I. I, the other day, I got to a Starbucks and I sat outside and ordered on the app, and then went in and grabbed it just to not talk to a person. <laughs> like I'm just so. Oh, Alex, I we're know. the same person. I'm so I am. I'm just. I just hate talking to strangers. Uh, I was at a hat store the other day. Did not buy a hat because the guy had already asked me twice if I needed help, and I just didn't want to have to interact with him again. Like I get. I like and so the the the, the confidence of these three Earthmen who were like first contact with a spaceship. Let's confront these assholes. Like they, <laughs> they just march in and start like, and the the cop immediately is like, "You'll do what I say." There was no. Well, Alex, two things. First, you should have bought that hat. You've shot yours full of holes, yeah. just scratching your ear. <laughs> that is true. But I and hate- and I'm I'm surprised that you're still surprised by how white American men can be arrogant. I no, it was yeah. like this was the most. I mean, sure, it happens a lot, and obviously there's a toxic side to this. But I also just a part of me is like, I bet those guys get promoted more than I would because uh, they ask for it. You know, like they they, well, they did have all the confidence of mediocre white men. It was yeah, it was like the per yeah. yeah they were and it wasn't the be- it wasn't the lead cop detect. It was like just a, a shitty cop, a <laughs> shitty pilot. Uh, don't even remember what they like. Just three shitty white dudes who were well, like, yeah, we're gonna like, punch fuck an this, alien. We can handle it. Yeah. To be yep. fair, to play devil's advocate in sure. defense of these particular a devil three that the aliens also men. believe in, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Um, I want you to imagine the scenario in which you walk into a spaceship and realize immediately, I can take these assholes. <laughs> like that's not a dynamic I would ever expect. Like normally, if I'm in a spaceship, there's like no way I clearly am underpowered. <laughs> But really imagine getting on there and being like, look at this fucking dickhead. Yeah. I can, this fucking... Fuck these guys in their spandex. Yeah. Right. These dumbasses with their weird... Like, they can make solar bombs and they're judging us because we're going to one day make it and they're just blowing up LA. Fuck them. We are like... The Lakers play here. Who do they think they are? You know? Like... 
To be fair, yes, like I think they're kind of right. These aliens are weird pretend like they're bringing they no tentacles to this fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. This that's true. That, that's aliens. such like an, an American outlook. Like fuck these aliens. We can take these assholes. Yeah, <laughs> but it, and, well, they, they came could. here to fuck with us. They're yeah, gonna make true. aliens because we're not paying enough attention to them. Uh, make zombies because we're not. You can't, you can't just pa- show up in our backyards raising our dead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> that's true. Although at the time, I'm not sure they knew that. Um, <laughs> I, do they ever know? Yeah. That? Much, yeah I, I don't no know if idea. they actually figured that out. It's unclear. And then uh, also, Anthony, you're totally right. From their perspective, they walked in and were like, "Yeah, we could take these." Guys, so that doesn't really apply to me and my confidence because I've never walked into a preschool and thought I could take these assholes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like I am. No, that's that's just true though. Well, I mean, maybe it was only two or three. I'm just anyway. I'm very takeable. I don't know. Uh, I would probably have lost to these aliens in any sort of physical altercation, or if I had to talk to them, I wouldn't have talked to them. You I don't even just like been talking standing to you guys. outside this ship and been like, "Do you have an app I can download real exactly. fast?" And just <laughs> can I text you guys to get off my planet? <laughs> um, Amanda, that leaves you. What's your major compliment for Plan Nine? Uh, my major compliment is that I I just actually really love this movie. What? I, uh, I know I watch a lot of bad movies and have yeah. uh, since I was a teenager, and you know. Mystery Science Theater and all of that. Yeah, now, yeah. Now Rift Tracks. Like, I genuinely love that experience of watching Did you watch this Rift and... first? No. Okay. No. Um, so I've just... I actually... I've never seen this with the Rift Tracks. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's like one of the so famous bad Rift Tracks, right? it's, Yeah. It's so bad, it's good enough that I don't need someone heckling it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's I just... Can, I can take Every these three heckles. seconds, you're like, what? Yeah. Is that... <laughs> Are they vampire, zombie, aliens? What is happening? I don't understand. I mean, as far and as far as like a, a film that's going to miss, they are at least missing big, which is something that Anthony and I talk about a lot on the show. Which is like mm. he's Edward is swinging for the fences here. He didn't make yes. a small alien picture. He was like, I'm going to make a alien zombie mashup movie that has a strong moral perspective on the atomic age. Well, yes, for eight dollars. Is so incompetent in the way that it feels like it's purposeful. Like there is, like if this was trying to be a parody of bad movies, there is every few seconds there's a a prop that falls over in the back or some line that's read horribly. (laughs) Like it was purpose. Like every scene gives you just enough in it that's like this is like like you would if you. It's so earnest. Like yeah. you couldn't fake this onus. Yeah, there's like a there is a, so a boom mic in one scene where it's yeah. like that would be <laughs> over the top if you were parroting a movie to just drop yeah. a boom mic in, but they have it. Oh, and it's the shadow of the boom mic. It's so clever. Uh, it, yeah, it definitely it feels like in a lot of ways the like origin seed of the bad movie, mm-hmm. uh, which if is very fun. I, I agree. I, I can see that. Uh, I just yeah, the wild variants and like the acting. Where some some of them are just so terrible, <laughs> yeah. so uh, terrible. Like they're just reading from the script so in just, the most stilted manner. Just to play and a little. Some of them are actually really trying. A little devil's advocate, uh, Matt. Do you have a counterpoint to any of this? Um, because you seem I was just, so bummed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was mostly. I just mostly found it boring. Yeah, it is a little boring. 
I can and I that. feel bad. I feel to I feel bad to yuck on Amanda's yum. But uh, oh, it's okay. The first time I watched it, I fell asleep. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my it's wife an and I were competing taste. to see who could fall asleep first, and she won. <laughs> and that's why you're on the show, and she's not a she. Yeah, exactly. Sleep contest. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by our fabulous meat buddies, uh, including we have a brand new meat buddy today. Uh, Jordan from Cincinnati has joined the show. Jordan uh, originally uh, drunk tweeted me from a uh, beer festival uh, that he was thinking about becoming a meat buddy. (laughs) Strong start. (laughs) It was pretty great. Uh, It was like, uh, I mean, obviously I feel like there are better things to think about at a beer festival, but I, I appreciate hey, when you got 15... You get a lot of time to think at a beer festival, right? Oh, he, yeah, he was in, like, the 12th line festival. and was like, yeah, you, I can't wait to get another ounce of beer. Yeah, you, you, if you're doing a beer festival right, you're going to think about a lot of shit while you're there, <laughs> you know? Uh, it, was very, it was very cool, and then he did follow up and became a meat buddy uh, now, and... Uh, he said, uh, thanks for keeping me entertained and awake on my 45-minute commute to work. Uh, it, on- <laughs> Oof. Uh, it honestly feels like you guys are our friends who we, wa- who we watch movies Aww. with, which is very sweet. Um, but also, ask more from your friends, because, like, Jordan, we never <laughs> call. Uh, I've missed all of your birthdays. Um, we're shitty friends to you, so I think you should ask for more from your, uh, your real friends, right? There are honestly very few friends I want to hear talk for 45 minutes at a time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's I talked to several friends for less than 45 minutes on, like, per week average. Yeah, so yeah. I'd say getting us for 45 minutes might make us my best friends. You know that, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, and on the flip side, uh, Jordan, as a friend, you're a great listener. Yeah. Uh, and unlike the savages we so mostly important. have on this show, you probably listen to us at normal speed, so you're getting that full, <laughs> full forty-five minutes. Yeah, uh, we, you know, I actually, uh, I actually think this is pretty good as a friendship for me, and that it is, uh, I don't have to listen to your problems, so it's really just a lot of. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty true friendship, um, uh, and so we offer a bunch of different services when you become a new meet buddy in our thank you segment. We do, uh, we play a variety of games with you. One thing we offer is a is a pep talk, uh, and uh, check out check out this baller move Jordan pulled. Um, if you wouldn't mind. My wife could use a pep talk a little more than I could. Her name is Kim. Mm. Anthony is her favorite podcaster. So if you get him involved, Ooh. that would be great. Uh, also, you're my favorite, so don't feel left out, which is a sentence <laughs> he wrote and totally not just something I added in there so that I would feel better. <laughs> um, and sure. He, he said, uh, nothing in particular. She's just been having a rough time at work, but uh, whatever you guys do will make her day. So uh, Kim, also in Cincinnati, uh, this pep talk is for you. Uh, from your friends, from your mm-hmm. uh, once a week friends at Read It and Weep. Um, so, Anthony, uh, I'll, we'll stall for you so you can think of the best pep talk to give. Um, but does anybody have any like maybe work related uh, pep thoughts, uh, a positive thoughts to help pass along? Great, I'll start. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kim, a couple of things. First of all. Uh, it's important when things are like uh, when things are weird in one part of your life to remember to uh, be happy for the things you have in the other parts of your life. And I barely know you guys. I don't keep in touch at all. And it seems like 
Jordan's a pretty good dude. So, um, first of all, he gave over his pep talk to you. That's very sweet. Second of all, he's always thinking about his friends even when he's drunk. I mean, it's like seems like a, the kind of guy we all would like to hang out with. So, um, it is nice if you're when you're like if you're stressed at work to remember like you know what I got this personal life thing taken care of. You know, I have this other thing going on. Or if like you're having a stressful relationship, you can think about how maybe you had a good project at work. And if both of those suck, I don't know, get a hobby or something. That's not for you, Kim. That's not a, like a weird tone. That was more of a general life. Anyway, just you. I feel like you. I feel like you got this. You got the right support. You got. Uh, you know, you got, you're gonna be able to pull through it. I believe in it. I believe in you. Who else can pep for me? Well, you know, when when people get stressed at work, sometimes they compensate by by snacking at their desk a lot. Uh, I would say don't do that. Um, stash small amounts of snacks throughout the office, uh, and that way you get a little bit of exercise every time you get a little stressed. That is a life hack if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Uh, also, probably makes you like if somebody gets to the office early and sees you hiding snacks around the place. Uh, real gamble on that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and then if somebody eats your snacks, you get a little mystery to solve that. Day, true, true. Right? It's it's almost always around. a mouse. Yeah. yeah, you get to go around seeing who has Twix on their shoulder. You know, <laughs> hey Steve, been eating anything good today? Hmm. Are those uh, Twix crumbs <laughs> on their shoulder? It's weird how the crumbs fell in two parallel strips. Yeah. That's what you get for eating it wood chipper style. I know your Twix habits. <laughs> Getting crumbs everywhere. You guys ever see somebody eat a string cheese wood chipper style? Just a, a small yeah. child, yes. Oh man. A child I would think would even more care about the fun of the yeah. the string. Well, I, I, they're thing. little chaos monsters. Like. You gotta have something hard, like a carrot, a pretzel you can eat wood chipper style. Like a string cheese is too soft to Anthony, do proper wood chipper style. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. shoving a, like, it's like trying to eat like a fruit roll up wood chipper I, style. Like, I, what are you? I, it's I, not gonna uh, work. Yeah, it's the wrong tool I, for the job. interesting metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I, I've told you this before, Anthony, but a couple years ago at a comedy festival, uh, I was doing a set in this terrible bar that had a window to the street, like right behind the stage. And as I was talking, um, uh, uh, what, uh, what's it, hit, uh, hits the shit with hammer? Um, Gallagher. Gallagher. Gallagher was on the festival, walked up, stood at the window, watched my, which couldn't hear, but watched silently, watched me do my set <laughs> while eating a string cheese long ways. He just like, wow. just slowly wood chipper style, just housed a string cheese, watched my set, kind of cocked yeah. his head like a dog and then walked away. Yeah, and I think you were telling me you haven't been able to get an erection since, right? (laughs) Like that's that's what that's the point. Wait, you said you didn't want me to mention that on air. I did mention that. I think they're unrelated, but my uh, my therapist believes this. Haunted by the vision of Gallagher. Just Gallagher (laughs) eating string cheese wrong, man. Uh, So and so, so, Kim, I hope that really helps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to see that shit at work, do you? you know? I mean, yeah, Count unless, your blessings. Unless you work yeah. at the watermelon smushing factory, you're probably yeah. okay. Anthony, do you have anything yeah, to add? I mean, why would Gallagher go to the watermelon smushing factory? He is a watermelon smushing that's factory. True. Yeah, that's, he I goes just to the watermelon producing plant. Yeah, that's He's true. Not- <laughs> good point. Good point. Also, just a reminder: if you watch Gallagher right now, it might be Gallagher's brother who also performs the same act under the name yeah. Gallagher. That's very true. Or in fact, I think it's just that this just gets weirder. Yeah, did you know that? I mean, there's a there's a, a no. new Gallagher. Gallagher. I think it's. I think there's only Oops. his brother now. 
I don't but think he's not a, not a big Gallagher, Gallagher fan. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> the watermelon thing is all right, but then it's just a lot of weird, outdated conservative politics. It's like 70s oh. conservative jokes. It's very bad. Anyway, um, Anthony, do you have to add? Do you have anything to add uh, to this? Yeah, pro- I got, pro- you know, I think you got to count with woke and stuff. You got to find the things you like. Like, let me tell you something about my woke environment, this show right now. <laughs> it is maybe 148 degrees in this room I'm in right now. <laughs> it's very hot. I'm sweating. I have an AC unit on the other side of this door, but that's shut and I'm sweating so we don't have noise pollution. Oh. But it's okay because I'm hanging out with my friend Kim. And hanging out with my other buddies. Yeah. We're having a good time. Yeah. Right? So that's what you gotta do. You gotta find the thing. Like you gotta we all metaphorically sweat through it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sometimes right now it's literal and that's if if you're ever looking for a good metaphor, here's what you do. You take what's literally happening to you and you turn it into a metaphor. It always works. That is it's, incredible advice. It, it always sounds profound. But you just go, I'm sweating a lot right now. We all sweat, you know? You got a metaphorically sweat through it. Kim, not good. only did you the get the sweat pep of talk. life. Kim, you got the pep talk from Anthony. You also got the peek behind the curtain of how the pep talk came to be. And this is why Anthony's your favorite. I just had a weird Gallagher story. Yeah. Anthony showed he he gave you the sausage, then showed you how it was made. That's Yeah. I I may just- if the way if to I go yeah. silent, it's because I am I uh, I've passed out from heat exhaustion. It's very <laughs> hot in my room right now. Well, Kim and well, Jordan, I, I really appreciate you guys uh, uh, listening to the show. And Jordan, thank you for becoming a meat buddy. And uh, I guess in honor of becoming a meat buddy, feel free to just wood chipper a sausage that Anthony just showed you how it's made. Yeah. Um, this is my secret to metaphors, Anthony. Is just uh, grab a bunch of different ones and throw them in a pot. It's really like a. Mm. So I, I like a metaphor stew. Anyway, uh, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Kim. Uh, you can become a meat buddy and get one of these highly valuable and sought after segments. Read deshleep.com slash meat buddies. You also get to vote on topics and other things. It's fun. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of our people, our meat buddies, and everyone who supports the show. Keeps us floating down the tracks like a ghost train. <laughs> and now. Oh, that was a fun thing. We used to say flooding. We've been saying flooding around the tracks for a long time as just like a mixed metaphor that I said one time on accident and then we stuck with it. And then someone on the show, a guest a couple weeks ago was like, oh, like a ghost train. And I was like, yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I should have been saying all along. Anyway. Me buddies, 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 me buddies. Me buddies, me buddies, me buddies. And now it's time for a lightning bonus round. We're going into the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're going to finish this shit up. Uh, lightning bonus round is our mini game segment where we play games, uh, possibly about the movie, sometimes springboarded off the movie to other things. Um, and uh, man, so many of our regular games fit perfectly with this movie. The first thing that I want to do uh, was suggested by at Zach McFly on Twitter, who suggested the game of No Retreat, No Surrender. It's one of our long-running games where we, uh, based on the movie of the same name, No Retreat, No Surrender, where the guy's next-door neighbor seems way more interesting than the main character, it's uh, what characters from this movie do you want to follow off-screen and assume that their lives are more interesting than what we actually saw? Um, So, Matt, you had one. You wanted to talk about the interesting lives of those grave diggers. So, No no Retreat, No Surrender, (laughs) the grave diggers. I I didn't say interesting lives. I just loved... (laughs) 
their uh, exuberance for their jobs. Um, yeah. They, for a difficult physical job, they were like real whistle where you work kind of guys. Yeah, and you know what, Kim? Maybe maybe this could give you some advice. Um, you know what? No, uh, they only paid for the one segment. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> No more advice. Okay. No more pep No talk. longer my best friend. Uh, so there's <laughs> a there's, listeners and there's an old man, old man mourning his wife, and yeah. there's a small funeral. Yeah, sad small funeral. Sad because it's small, but also because it's a funeral. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. these two grave diggers are sitting what appears to be like four feet away. <laughs> yeah, just just it's watching. Chilling. Just watching these people mourn, watching this old man miss his wife, and just like sort of like gesturing to each other and just hanging out and just like waiting for for the funeral to end. And as soon as the people turn around and walk away, they just like get up and start, we get to start throwing now? that dirt back on the coffin. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like this no is like time. Classic uh, shovel style grave diggers, no like bobcat to fill this thing in. They are yeah. just straight two shovels. I mean, you, at least they weren't sitting there eating string cheese. <laughs> that would be so creepy. It is creepy. Well, th- think about how quickly they have another funeral for Bela Lugosi when he dies. Like, they're doing the work there. Yeah. They apparently are just throwing together funerals nonstop. So. Yeah, they are planning ahead, yeah. You know, I guess, because you, you mentioned it again, Matt, the thing that I had said at the beginning about it being poorly attended, and you said that it was sad, but now I feel like maybe I was just, I'm just projecting my shallow little world that, like, my first thought is like, hmm, didn't sell a lot of tickets to that funeral. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might say like, more about me than about the, about Bill. Like, I, you know what? I gotta say that's advertised. bullshit. Yeah. Because, did you see his wife, Vampira? You know <laughs> yeah. she has more friends than that. <laughs> she. Yeah, what was yeah. that about? You know, like, him, I get it. He was weird. No one really liked him. He always walked around with his cloak in front of his face. Yeah, his uh, was like a bringer funeral. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, someone was but hanging out to hand it out free Vampira, tickets for that. I mean, there's no way her funeral wouldn't be popping, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> does anybody else have a, a, a side character that you'd like to follow or learn more about? Uh, I like the other pilots. Who seemed Co-pilot. way more invested in his job. Mm. Well, I would argue he's the only one touching the steering wheel the whole time. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. he's the actual pilot. Um, yeah, it was, was giving the other one shit for being distracted about worrying that his wife was going to get killed by aliens or, <laughs> Which, or zombies. I mean, I could see oh. if, you're, if you're a pilot and you're flying like short flights, you'd be like, look, don't radio home to call your wife every yeah. flight to see if she's survived. There aren't zombies. There aren't a lot of aliens. But in this particular case, he was 100% right. So you got to kind of give <laughs> it to him on that well, one. There was a zombie in well, her house. Well, look, oh, but also, to be fair, when you sign a non-disclosure agreement, that means you don't even talk about it out loud on your patio to your significant other. you got to have some respect for what you signed, you know? A well, big uh, business just, over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, it's uh, y- you're going to love this new Supreme Court we have, Anthony. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's the jokes that are real, they hurt the most. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, man, I... I am. I. I really liked that giant cop. Uh, I. I liked him more as a corpse. I think, but Inspector Clay uh, seemed like a really like being that big and that intense uh, in in the LAPD in the 1950s is intriguing. I'd be curious to see. I'd watch a full um, LA Confidential style about him and all the stuff, all the crimes he's solving. 
is he the one on the take or is he the good one? Yeah. You know, I'd like to see where like he he is an LA cop and he is a big man and he gets transferred to like a small Belgian town where he like doesn't really fit through doorways and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of the struggles and like trying to solve crimes when he can't get to the scene of the crime. He's like, I'm going to have to have you describe the scene through the door because this city was not built for me. It's real sad. It would, it would it would have to be like a buddy cop setup with where, a tiny um, person. His, his exactly yes, or like a dog. Oh, <laughs> oh man! What if the oh, and then the dog's name is Buddy. Okay. Um, uh, Hollywood, just send 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 us a check whenever you get a second <laughs> for <laughs> giant man, Belgian town, buddy cop film with a dog named Buddy. Uh, I'll take all the money. You uh, just gave the algorithm everything it needs to make the script, Alex. Why did you say all those keywords back to coming back? next on Netflix? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, already in production. I feel I feel such shame that I, I made it a Belgian town and not a French town, so that you know, starring Tor Johnson, it could be Tour de France. Oh, <laughs> Tour de France and the Buddy Cop. I mean, that's this is like maybe too good now. Now I'm like. <laughs> I'm afraid we should leave this joke behind and actually go write it. Uh, Matt, Matt, give me a five-page treatise by Monday. Okay. Um, uh, Zach, the, who suggested the game of No, no Surrender, uh, said that uh, my pick would be following around Bella Lugosi, not his character, the man himself, just so we can figure out what went so wrong and why this was his last movie ever. Um, I think the reason is he died. I don't know if that's going to be super mm-hmm. exciting uh, as a reveal. Um, well, I mean, him and Ed Wood did, like, strike up a friendship. Yeah, that but, romance like, is fascinating. In the last few years of his <laughs> life. Yeah, that is, like, an interesting, like... Like, it's played... Again, I have such a hard time divorcing, like, the man from the film. Even though it's, like, a very stylized, cartoonish version of events. Yeah. But I really hope it was, like, as... Like sweet and as endearing as it's portrayed in the film between Martin a, Landau and a good Johnny friend of mine uh, at the in high school uh, by the name of Jub Jub, um, not to his parents. That's not his. That wasn't his like government name, but um, we called him Jub Jub. And uh, he knew a shit ton about movies, and he made me watch uh, Ed Wood when I was like sixteen, and I did not get it. Boy, uh, that was one of the most angry I've ever been in a film. Uh, and I'm guessing if I watch it now, I would like it just from no, being an adult and knowing more and understanding. It is very good. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies about movies. It's so good. Like, yeah, it's a magical movie. I like it a lot. Is it kind for of me? Like, that movie was uh, was Home for the Holidays. I saw that when I was like 14, and it's oh. all about like family having a hard time with each other and. Uh, yeah. Just a lot of adult problems, and I remember being being very angry with myself for, for watching that. <laughs> I feel uh, like at the time, I was probably like, I'm a teenager. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, uh, directed by Jodie Foster. Um, yeah. I don't know anything about this movie. Uh, Home for the Holidays is pretty good. I, you should rewatch it as an adult. I, I, I think about it every so often. I feel like I would probably enjoy it now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think as an adult, you, you probably every once in a while, I know, I, at least I have this. As I've gotten older, I appreciate Holly Hunter, like, every year more and more. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. Mm-hmm. But she's just one of those actresses of, like, God, she's really good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's, she's incredible. She's yeah. 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 All right. I'm I'm interested. Maybe this can be a... Uh... Uh, for Christmas, we can keep home for the holidays on the list. That seems kind of fun. Oh, that's a good one. Um, what do I want to play next? Man, so many good games. 
Uh, oh, let's play Yours is Not a Very Good Alien Species. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've covered this a little bit already, that they are just uh, people wearing tights and uh, medieval costumes. Um, uh, other things about them, though, there's a lot of other things about these aliens that I thought were just, like, completely ridiculous. Uh, or not, I mean, obviously ridiculous, but, like, completely, like, uh, flawed as a species, and they should not have get to win over humanity. Uh, one thing was, uh, obvious thing, is uh, still chauvinists. They're like oh, yeah. oh, 500 yeah. years past us in technology, and the, the pilot says of his co-pilot on the spacecraft uh, that he thinks the females are only for uh, procreation. Uh, come on. Hey, thank you for saying that so that I don't have to be the angry feminist. I appreciate this. No, yeah. He, yeah. he mansplains to her so many times, and it's like, is it even mansplaining yeah. if you're not... A human man. She's like a whatever general it is. In, the, in your army. Also, how are you this? How are you talking down to her this much? She fucking flies a spaceship, man. <laughs> uh. She's uh, like. But, I mean, she can't figure out how to how to unstick her electro gun. So I mean, I, I okay. The, the, her electro gun <laughs> was so broken. I thought as soon as we moved to like laser based weaponry, you wouldn't have to worry about jams the way it was. But she almost lets her boss get killed by a zombie because she's just dicking around with a broken gun. I think she well, was sabotaged. She, yes. she was too busy pitting on her mascara to take the class <laughs> when they teach you that you throw your gun on the ground to unjam it. That's how you, yeah. That's just, that's just laser that gun 101. Process yeah. Yeah, she, yes. she was too busy, you know, doing whatever else she was how? doing. I feel, like, she, I feel like this is actually, maybe, you know what, given how cheap the, the set was, and given that the, her gun was so terrible and broken, and given that their plan nine was make zombies, maybe, here's a theory, these are not the best aliens from that planet. Like, mm. maybe these are not the army that are, like, fighting the good fight to save the galaxy. Maybe these are, like, three <laughs> idiots who have a spaceship, and they're like, no, 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 we have to stop humans uh, and then they go, but they're not trained. It's not real equipment. Are they, are they are they alien Ishtars? Like people who are not trained and doing a poor job in a foreign land? I do not know what Ishtar means. It's a it's a movie with Warren Beatty and mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman, and they are untrained people. They're basically, like, recruited by a shadowy government uh, or military person to, you know, do what we need done in the Middle East, and they do it poorly. According to a very brief Google search, this is exactly half as good as Home for the Holidays. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. (laughs) I've I've actually seen Ishtar twice, so I I guess I have rewatched Home for the Holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Anyway, great reference. Sorry I didn't get it. I mean, they are, like... Weird fanatics, right? These are aliens who are willing to drive across the, fl- I mean, fly through the universe. Like, <laughs> God knows how long that takes. I mean, to a long time. Destroy yeah. a civilization who might make a bomb one day. Hmm. Like, that's a pretty weird, bold stance, right? But yeah, like, and without any plan to defend yourself against yeah. punches. 
And no- well, that's not fair. They had weeks, and they did produce three whole zombies. Yeah, those so. are the things they were like. Plan nine is like we'll make we'll we'll use the dead to take over the living, and then they have a lot of time, and they only manage to get three zombies up and up and running. Well, they also no. So isn't is the isn't the plan okay? That they're going to create zombies and then kill the zombies in a public fashion. And then look like they're taking credit for it. That, Isn't that, that why they like killed Bella Lugosi? That's plan nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <Is that> plan? <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe plan nine wasn't very fleshed out and there's some real uh, improvising going on. Because I don't know yeah, if that yeah. part wasn't clear to me, Anthony. They kill Bella Lugosi, right? Them, the aliens do. But then they're never like, hey, remember that zombie that's right about to attack you? We took care of him for you. Man. They never bring that up. They're never like, yeah, they're the guys are just like, not only have we seen aliens, but the zombie turned into a skeleton in front of us today. Today's all types of fucked up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is, uh, they're also uh, not effective communicators. This is the main thing uh, about these aliens that is just, uh, like, if you're making first contact with a species, uh, first of all, you're the advanced civilization, you translate it into English before you send us the radio <laughs> message because they're using like google translate in the 50s uh that message mm-hmm. we heard played in english i'm guessing two percent correct like probably <laughs> their message had nothing to do with that stuff uh like you you translate it have someone who's figure out our language and is like this is a good translation and then hand it over and then when you're talking to a guy don't call him stupid a bunch of times to his face he's very <laughs> sensitive about his intelligence that's why he became a pilot <laughs> I mean, I think you, you have a good point. They are so arrogant that if aliens were to come to Earth, they would be like, uh, in English, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in America now, alien. You're on Earth. Speak Earth to us. No, I, this was for their own good. This is because I just think they, are, they should have been smarter. Uh, also, I, it was a, there was a weird scene where they talked about how they also believed in God. And... Uh, yeah. That, that seems strange because, uh, man, that, sure. That was out of nowhere. Yeah. And it really, like, from the book that we have, at least, God sure did leave out the whole thing about other planets having dominion over them, over man. <laughs> that was a weird oversight. It's almost I like. Mean, he's got to leave something one of, one of the for lost us books. to figure out. Yeah, it must yeah. be. It's almost like if they, like, uh, if God had a separate Bible that was for animals that was, like, that forgot <laughs> to mention humans. It's like, no, no, this is your garden. Have a great time. Alex, but, think of it this way. Let me put it in Westworld terms, right? It would be like if Ford just told ben- Dolores what was going to happen next, you know? You mean it He's would be like, let really f- help clear up the confusion? Yeah, exactly. He's got to let them find out on their own, you know? Oh, God's a true. real trickster. Yeah, God, this is uh, this whole thing going to Earth, looking for the maze. Yeah, exactly. Uh... All right, I guess the last thing I want to do is uh, just so I, I think the fact of having zombies and aliens in the same movie is pretty interesting. Um, and uh, just doesn't feel like it's totally a- accurately or adequately used. I feel like both, both like it really becomes mostly an alien movie and the zombies have nothing to do with anything. Um, so, uh, like, what, what is if you have if you had to come up with a story that had zombies and aliens in it? What's the way where you get the most mileage out of both? What is a reason why aliens would have to care about zombies that would actually justify using both ridiculous concepts? Well, I I think 
taking this movie's concept just a little bit further rather than, uh, like, them trying to stop us from, you know, making, like, trying to save us through zombies. (laughs) I've always thought, like, if you were an alien race, like, a zombie plague would be a pretty good way to invade a planet. Like, why waste your own spaceships? Sure. Just, like, create, create, like, a zombie virus and drop it. And then just come back in like twenty years. You're I mean, aliens. It's a, it's you got a, all the time you need. You it's know? against the Geneva Conventions, but they're probably not signatories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, no one really cares about the Earth area, right? That's really Earth's basically international waters in the space community. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be effective, and it's, it's sort of like if you're playing Risk. Anytime other people are fighting, it's good for you. So it's like you're just like make the people fight themselves, and then we'll just show up at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like that old saying, you know, you 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 go to war with the army you don't have at the moment, but you can create by <laughs> digging them up, raising the dead from yeah, space. That sounds better in the original Alien, but um, yeah, it, they, once you put it through the tra- the translation computer, it's not as elegant. But I think it's a good point. It's almost like, actually, Anthony, your plan that you said that you thought Plan Nine actually was, which is like create the zombies and then save the day is also a better plan than whatever ended up happening in this movie. Yeah. Um, mm. Although, if I, was like, gonna, if I was making a zombie alien movie, where they're bo- they both exist, even if I start with your premise that you just mentioned, the crucial thing to me is at some point, they didn't think this could happen, but at some point, the virus does infect the aliens. Yes, so, yeah. definitely. So humans are fighting human zombies, but the aliens, there's like, the tentacle aliens also have dead re-risen tentacle aliens oh and then that's what brings aliens and humanity together yeah we come together to fight their zombie versions and then we're trauma bonded and we're best friends aww (laughs) I do I think that's fun I've not seen that I've not seen an other species get zombified Oh, there was that that horror one of the horrible books you made me read with the where everything was a zombie like even the mosquitoes were zombies man I mean, admittedly, it's been 450 days, so I don't remember everyone yeah. perfectly, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I remember <laughs> that one because it was one of the genital mutilation books. You made oh. So, uh. One of. One of. Mosquitoes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. That was a genre we used to spend more time in, uh, thankfully. We've largely moved on. Um, mosquito zombies? Yeah, where like, even if you got bit by a zombie mosquito, then you'd be turned into a zombie. Man. Yeah, like squirrels and everything it was all zombies uh man no no results in my uh, google drive history so i don't have the notes where i mentioned mosquito <laughs> zombies uh man i have no idea what this was i would love to be able to pull this up for you um but i i cannot um wasn't pride and prejudice in zombies um <laughs> no it wasn't I don't know why uh, Maze Runner is coming up for me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did not know. Uh, man. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, what, what else could we do with zombies and aliens that we that were underutilized here? Cool. That's the end. That's we did it. You guys, we nailed it all. Uh, you got to swing at some pitches, you guys, because uh, <laughs> I I need time to Google while you guys are talking. <laughs> Uh, uh, no. I, I, I don't know. I like the friendship theme. So maybe the zombies and aliens could like be buddies. 
going against yeah i mean for, this is it's, it's too bad ezra's not here because ezra's favorite trope in the world is when uh like enemies have to team up he likes unlikely mm. pairings in mm. other words um, season three of any show <laughs> yeah, exactly he loves <laughs> yeah. the third season uh, like, hey, you see the shark? Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man, what if the mega shark is our only friend? <laughs> uh, We're going to need a bigger boat if out. that shark is going to hang out on it with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it The Rising? Were you on this? Yes, you were on The Rising. Oh, that must be it. Yeah. I bet it is. Yeah, demon zombie hellscape yep. um, caused by a particle yep. accelerator problem. Um, sure. Wow, I yeah, don't those, remember that those part. Those fucking particle accelerators always causing trouble. <laughs> and, and then, then you blow up the sun. Yeah, this is uh, f- this is only two hundred episodes ago. Um, anyway, that was yeah, <laughs> only. that was such a good riff about the shark. I wish I hadn't come back to this, but anyway, in case you were yelling at your your uh, iPhone, it's the rising from episode two hundred fifty two. <laughs> You're right. Uh, any other answer was wrong. But anyway, yeah, I like I really like the the team up answer. That was a great answer. I think that's a good that's a good place to end. Uh, if you guys want to suggest a game for us to play each week, redistribute.com slash next has our upcoming episode, and you can jump in there. Uh, you can also do it on Facebook and Twitter and uh, suggest great games like this. Um, I Anthony, I still haven't figured out a final thought way to end the show because we're missing the compliment. It feels like we need like one tiny quick thing right here that everyone laughs at and then we cut out. Do you have something? I mean, does anyone have like a good final compliment or anything you so got what's you one take t- away from this? One thing we haven't... Yeah, this should be a takeaway thing. Is there a thing we have a takeaway yeah. from all this? I mean, the only other note I have is that um, when the pilot says to the co-pilot, okay, Danny, I heard it as okay, daddy. And I, I was... <laughs> instantly so much more intrigued and wanted to know about those two men yeah like, oh, there's a lot more to this relationship huh yeah okay, daddy so i mean that's a good screenwriting tip for you if you're looking at a way to spice up your dialogue yeah throwing an throw, okay daddy yeah it really adds a lot immediately spices up character dynamics yeah you know? adds a lot of implied backstory yeah it's this is a great final thought Okay, Daddy, time to end the show. (laughs) That is it for our show, everybody. We are going to be back again next week. Next week, we are watching Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, this is our last episode of Poor Decisions Month. It's also a sponsor, uh, sponsored episode. It's sponsored by Paige. And uh, I think it's a perfect close for uh, Poor Decisions Month because I have never seen Star Trek. I've not watched a movie. I've not watched a TV show. I've not watched any of it. And this seems like a bad place to start. So I'm very excited to be jumping in to the Star Trek universe at the worst possible place. Poor uh, Decisions Month. So thank you to Sp- Paige. Thank you to everybody who applied to sponsor. Amazing group of sponsorships this time around. We're going to announce all of them coming up here in a second. Uh, but we want to get that one up first. Thanks again to our meat buddy, uh, Jordan from Cincinnati, and Kim, who likes Anthony more than me for some fucking reason. Um, uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us once a week on your commute. And uh, also thank you to Alexis for sponsoring the bulk of this month and uh, 
this is the end of our super sponsorship from Alexis. So we really, uh, really appreciate your your help and your contribution to this ghost train. But uh, uh, mostly, we uh, uh, think it was a waste of your money. And uh, <laughs> so thanks, but weird. Um, and uh, if you want to waste your money, you always can read slash meet buddies. Uh, even a small amount helps us. Uh, one, uh, one of our new meet buddies, I'll talk about this morning. One of our newest meet buddies mentioned that I had said a couple episodes. I mentioned that I pay the guests on the show, which no other podcast does, um, and that that's one of the reasons why I appreciate getting donations. And uh, apparently, I'd never mentioned that on the air before. That was like news to. I don't talk about money when I can avoid it, except for this funny way. But anyway, so we do pay our guests. So that's one of the places where your meet buddy donations go. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I because if you remember Amanda, I made you read The Rising for no money. That was back in the day. Now, yeah, easier yeah. topic. So much of this for free. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your back wages are gonna bankrupt the show. Oh man, yeah. Even we're gonna need a couple more of uh, the, the the super sponsors if we're gonna. Get, yeah. yeah. And it's it's yeah. so crazy. I used to ex- not only did I used to not pay anyone, I used to expect so much more from you. <laughs> and yet I was willing to do you it. You did, I yeah. Know. It's. I mean, man, uh, all the people I've taken advantage of. Also, it sort of makes me feel like if I just like asked a, a random person, I was like, hey, I've got this podcast. I could make up almost any ask, and they would say yes. <laughs> just uh, the podcast is like a magic word to get people to do weird shit for you. Uh, anyway, thanks for responding. Thanks, Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you for having me. And always, this episode this is for my best buddy, Ken. <laughs> uh, you guys are teaming up uh, alright and also thank you at Amandable on Twitter yeah thanks so much for uh, making uh, me watch something that I enjoy and paying me for it yeah you're so <laughs> welcome I'm glad you enjoyed it because obviously that wasn't what everybody did um <laughs> Losers. It's. I mean, my. <laughs> uh, I mean, definitely my favorite is when there's a split. Even though it also like has some, it's got some weird stuff on the the way it affects the panel. But also, uh, I, that's what I, I think is like the most variety. We can have a few, some different opinions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any new writing? How's Skeptic going? Do you have anything up there I should plug? <laughs> no. Nope. No. Cool. I'll cut. I'll cut out this part where I mentioned it. <laughs> Note to future Alex, please have cut this. Uh, and then uh, in the future, all <laughs> that's where we're hanging out. Um, the future. Also, <laughs> I heard. Um, and uh, uh, not hanging out on the internet very much. But uh, Matt, uh, Matt Carmen, thank you for being here. It's always great to talk to you, man. Uh, I do have the Twitter handle at Matt Carmen, uh, mm-hmm. early adopter, never user. But I'm looking forward to my yearly tweet of how I was on an episode of Read It and Weep. Oh, thank you. Uh, Please do that. And also, you guys, just uh, tweet at Matt Carmen and tell him uh, this is a good amount to tweet, actually. The world doesn't need more tweeting. Uh, You're you're actually the one helping, really, Matt. (laughs) I'm just doing my part. Just uh, buying up handles and and burying them so they can be (laughs) resurrected by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, That's it. We'll talk to everybody later. Uh, We'll talk to everybody next week, in fact. Uh, Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.